Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Hello, loonies. You're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, the only one in the universe. This is episode number 142. As you can tell by my lack of Australian accent, I am not one of your regular hosts. (laughs) This is Josh Johnson here, and I'm filling in for our high priest, Ray, who has been struck down by Khonshu with... Uh, massive sickness because he has appeared on a recent uh, Moon Knight copycat podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to be filling in for tonight. Um, we're going to be looking at some 90s Moon Knight. We're going to be covering issues 39 and 40 from Mark Spector Moon Knight. So that should be pretty exciting. We're also going to be having the worldwide debut of part 10 of our ITK serial. So, sort of a big episode, a biggish episode to not have one of the main hosts on it. (laughs) But I'm going to try my best to uh, do some good reviewing for you guys. But first things first, I just want to plug the show's Patreon. You can go to Patreon, I assume, slash ITK Mood Night. (laughs) <laughs> or into the night, I'm not quite sure. There'll be links in the description um, to help support the show. And the podcast is also brought to you by Hello Headphones. So there should be a link in the description for that also, so go check it out. So usually how we start the show, we do a little bit of idle chat. But since I'm by myself, there's not much to chat about. But um, I'll just go over just some recent stuff that I've been reading. Um I'm sure everyone has been reading some lot more than they're used to because of all this free time we've been having. So uh, a couple weeks ago when I was on an episode with Ray, I was talking about how I was uh, reading through a whole bunch of uh, 90s X-Men. Like every couple months I always come up with a a goal to like, read like a big chunk of comics, like a certain like era or a certain run or something. So... Because I notoriously don't really care for the X Men, I've been trying to uh, trying to get into it. I've tried with the '80s and stuff, but now I'm trying to get into the '90s. So I've been working my way up from like the uh, like the relaunch with like the big X Men number one from 1991. You know, the one that everyone has five copies of and is completely worthless, <laughs> and um, the concurrent run and Uncanny X Men leading up through uh, what I just read, the Executioner song, which is made up of all the X titles at the time, and it sucks. <laughs> uh, did, did, did not really care for it, and uh, so far in my experience of trying to like X-Men stuff, uh, it has failed, and I still don't care for it at all. <laughs> and I even tried... Um, watching the X-Men 90s series, which everybody loves, because I just, I'm just finishing up the Spider-Man series, which I really love, and I'm like, oh, well, let me try giving the X-Men, and like, six episodes in, and I'm like, 
uh, still not for me, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I've also been reading to some other things too, um, various Captain America from the 80s and early 90s. Um, probably the biggest one I've read is part of the Captain America run by J.M. DeMatteis, you know, Moon Knight alumni who did the um, Scarlet Redemption, also in the Mark Spector run. Uh, his little arc leading up to uh, number 300, which is the first death of the Red Skull, um, so that was pretty good, so you can check that out. And then right now I'm just reading uh, just some... I guess it would be late 80s to early 90s Avengers, you know, up with the Avengers 300 and a little after that, um, when, the, when the Avengers started going through some really weird lineup changes, <laughs> uh, but that's what I'm reading right now, um, and who knows by the time this comes out, I might be onto something else, who knows. So yeah, I hope, hope everyone else is reading through some stuff, now's a really good time to, like, if you have, if you're like me, and you have, like, a bunch of old, uh, older stuff, or a lot of back issues, or if you... Yeah, you're like me, or, oh, I've read five issues, I better go buy 20 more, and then <laughs> barely touch them. Now's a good time to catch up on all the all the stuff that you haven't read yet that you have in your collection. Because I'm that's what I'm trying to do now with all this free time, especially with no new comics coming out for a little while. Uh, so enough about me, so before we get into our main courses, we have a little bit of white noise, some news to go through. Um, the biggest one, which just came out on Friday, uh, San Diego Comic-Con has been canceled. And this pretty much comes as no surprise to anybody. Um, I was actually surprised that they waited this long to kind of cancel it. I guess they were trying to wait and see how, how things were going, if this whole pandemic thing would die down. And I guess they realized, well, there's only about three months from now, who knows, and plus, I mean, because San Diego Comic-Con is more, so it's not even really much of a Comic-Con anymore, it's more of a media-con, um, and with a lot of media being put on hold now, you know, movies and TV shows and all that stuff, they probably wouldn't have as much to promote anyways, so I don't see it as that big of a loss, and plus, even if they do want to come out with, with trailers, like, I'm sure... Um, we would have been getting some, you know, some Marvel stuff, like, uh, well, at that point, well, Black Widow should have come out already, but that's got pushed back. Um, but we probably also would have seen some Eternal stuff, probably some Cap, uh, not Cap, <laughs> Bucky Winter Soldier, and um, maybe WandaVision stuff, all that, like the Marvel Disney Plus stuff. So they can still release it, you know, online and stuff. They can still, I, I'm sure, I'm sure some companies will still do that. Well, maybe they'll have, like, a, like a Skype panel between all their, um, between all, like, their stars and stuff and releasing trailers and maybe do, you know, not Q&As, but um, something like that to promote. Maybe they'll still do it. Or maybe they won't. And maybe those, maybe this will be, like, the biggest, like, New York Comic Con if things are still going because that's in, what, October? So um, maybe they'll just wait for that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I mean, if it even if it was, I like that's something I would never go to. <laughs> I think San Diego. I think it, it would just be way too crowded. Plus, I think even if this did die down, I still don't think it would get the turnout they were hoping for, anyways. Um, because I think some people would still be paranoid, even once you know, even once the whole thing is over. I'm sure people will still be paranoid, and I don't think uh, people would still really, really want to go unless they already paid for it, I guess. But knowing how crowded that can get, I don't know if people would necessarily want to go. But and it also really does. Uh, who knows? We may have we may have seen some gotten some Moon Knight news uh, regarding the show there too. But 
who knows? Like I said, we always have to wait. I mean, it's not for until 2022 anyway, so we're going to be waiting for a while anyways. Uh, and speaking of Moon Knight show news, we also did get some reports that, and who knows, maybe this might change now because of Comic-Con getting canceled. I don't know, I don't know how those things impact one another, but uh, reports that the Moon Knight Disney Plus series will begin production in November with the working title of Good Faith. Which I think that's a that's a solid working title. Obviously, that's not going to be the title of the show. Like you know, big movies and that kind of stuff and shows sometimes just have work titles just to throw people paparazzi and shit off. But yeah, so November is when they are slated to start. That's why, when when regards to with Comic Con being canceled, like who knows? Maybe we would have gotten some casting news, and oh, I guess that would that would have been the only thing, I guess. But Maybe they'll still keep it there. I mean, who knows? And again, maybe that might even get pushed back depending on how long this whole world-wrecking pandemic goes on. But if not, you know, we at least know that uh, come November or maybe a little, a little sooner than that, we'll, we'll get at least some more information on on the show itself. Casting and writing. Well, I guess we already have some sort of writing, but his casting is really the big one and maybe some hints at the suit design or something but yeah so so that's all the news that we have this week um just some biggish stuff um but i don't really have much more to say about that so with that being said we're going to go on to the next episode of the itk serial and in this episode you get a double whammy of myself because in this episode it's going to me and dustin cold case <laughs> Kurtz are going to be with uh, Senor Bob, and we're in Bascaverde looking for the Golden Scepter, and shenanigans happen. So, with that, we present the ITK Serial Part 10. Aside from where you are, how many of them do you make? Hard to say. When they get to over 20 or so, it's hard to get a definitive count. Come on, we know you're in there. You thought you could get away from the Serpents of Chaos? But you're wrong. We've got eyes everywhere. One of our acolytes even saw you in a vehicle over an hour ago at the Cuerto del Diablo, the Devil's Quarter. Damn it, Geronimo! I knew we should have stopped for Pringles! Hey, I also had to pee. You know our safe houses don't have bathrooms. Listen, we know you captured the leader of the Culo Grandes, and we know you are soldiers of fortune, so you'll understand when I say we have no gripe with you. We just want Signor Bob. Now, you can either hand him over without incident, or... We can do this the fun way. How the hell is it that we were looking for them, and now they're the ones pointing the guns at us? The Serpents de Caos had their clothes in everything. They have plundered and decimated the criminal underworld here in Bosque Verde. Anyone on the street, anyone we may have walked past, could have been a member reporting back to them. Senor Bob, you've got level with us. Why do these nuts want you? 
And it's not because they just want to eradicate the Kulo Grandes. I don't buy it. They want you for something. What is it? What Cold Case is trying to say, Bob, is that we're not used to being blindsided. We're the best at what we do, and always happen. The day we're caught off guard is either the day that pigs sprout wings and fly, or it's because we haven't been told everything we need to know. So, what is it you're not telling us, Bob? No, 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 say, no, no, say, I swear. All I know is that the Serpientes de Caos want to wipe out all of the cartels and assume all of their power. Perhaps they want to make sure there are no loose ends. You, you, you have to protect me from them, please. From your silence, I take it you want to do this the hard way. You've been warned, Mercs. May your deaths be on your own conscience. Though, you know, you'll be dead. Whether the blade is handed over by Signor Bob, or whether we have to pry it from his charred, bullet-ridden corpse, it doesn't matter. We will have that blade. As for you two, you insignificant specks of dirt, you will only proved to be a mere momentary inconvenience for the coming of Set. What is this blade this Joker's talking about? I mean, seriously, thank God he loves the sound of his own voice. At least he's explaining a lot to us and the listeners. Get blade? Cold case. Just before we left the bar where we met Bob, I checked him for weapons, took his Colt, and he had a K-bar on his boot. Here. Senior Bob, why would they want a very ordinary-looking shiv? Is this what they're after? I I guess so. Bob, we've been stuck in Bosco Verde for months looking for a golden scepter. Are those guys after him too? Wait. Where did you get this box? Fire it! Man, us and grenades. What is it with us and grenades? Fall back. Okay, take some of your Bob or children. They'll be after you. I'll hold on to the way. You lure them as far away as possible. You are using me as bait? And for bringing the blade to them? I feel him. This bastard wants his blade so much, and if it comes down to it, I'll be sure to give it to him. Right in his root cage. Geronimo, here. Llewellyn has some backup. Just like Bear, yeah? <laughs> Dude, you can't win this. You just keep Bob safe and get some distance between us. Go! Rots. Let's do this. God, my finger. So much trigger pulling in that cereal. Oh my God. My finger is cramping so bad. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was part 10 of the ITK cereal. Yum, 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 yum. Fantastic editing work and fantastic acting work by everybody else besides myself. <laughs> Listening through it, I feel like I'm the worst part of the show. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so who knows where, what's going to happen next. Really excited to hear this whole thing when it's done. Um, 
and yeah, and you know, props to Ray for doing a really, really great job editing. It's, I know he really has fun doing it. So, hope everyone else is enjoying it too. But now, with that being said, before we get into the main course of the show with our lunar picks, we're going to take a quick ad break, and we'll be back in just a second. Hey everyone, this is Brian, the host of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And since 2017, Inner Demons has been the best place on the web for news, reviews, and regular discussion with our listeners about Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers, as well as on Twitter, at InnerDemonsGR. Remember, listening to your Inner Demons is not always a bad thing. Right on. Welcome back to ITK, the one and only Moon Knight Podcast. And today, we're going to be looking at our lunar pick, which is going to be Mark Spector Moon Knight, issues number 39 and 40, Impending Doom. So really, when I when, when I was asked if I wanted to host the show, uh, I was just like, oh, you can pick whatever you want to do. And I was thinking to myself, hmm, what could... What's something that won't be covered on the show for a long time that they can even just forget this episode exists? Because um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the Mark Spector Moon Knight run. And some of the stuff we've covered on the show has been covered. Um, uh, I've been including a couple of those episodes where we talked about issues 19 to 21, which is the Round Robin prelude. Um, we talked about various, about well, parts of like a dozen issues from the early stages of the run, when um, we're talking about um, Jeff Wild, uh, Midnight. Um, also, they all also cover like Scholar Redemption and the the arc that precedes this one, the Blood Brothers. So, so a lot of it has been done this over the course of the show. So I wanted to do something a smaller arc that hasn't been covered yet. So, I've chose 39 and 40, which is Impending Doom. So, this, you can only really find it in single issues. Unfortunately, it's not uh, released digitally, at least legally. Um, sorry for that big noise. My turtle just jumped into the water because you can't stand still. But yeah, so unfortunately, you can, the only way you can read this is really through your single issues. But I'm sure you could probably find them at, at your dollar your dollar bins and at your comic shops or whatsoever all right so credits for these two issues which were released in june and july of 1993 written by terry cavanaugh and plot assisted by ron garney penciler is gary quapis anchor is tom palmer colorist is christy shield letters ken lopez Editor Joey Calvaresi and editor in chief Tom DeFalco. All right, so what I'll do is I'll do a little summary of the issues and then just 
talk about some shit that happens in it and <laughs> some other stuff. So, summary provided by Comic Vine and expanded upon a little bit by me goes like this. Dr. Doom is at Spectre Corps insisting that Mark Spectre be at, at his function. Meanwhile, Mark and French are testing out Moon Knight's new armor in the Shadowkeep training room. When the simulation ends, they receive a message from Doc, Dr. Doom. Doom prepares his embassy, and his ambassador talks to that very gang that calls themselves the Censor Squad. Mark, Mark looks over the blueprints of the embassy with his shadow cabinet in preparation for the following night. Mark arrives at the embassy with his date, Donna Kraft, and is greeted by Doom. Before long, the Censor Squad attack. Mark escapes and manages to get to his car and change into Moon Knight. Two of the squad follow him while the others stay and fight Doom. Moon Knight manages to defeat his followers and returns as Mark Spectre to Doom, who has also beaten his attackers. Doom explains that Mark purchased land near Latveria, in which he discovered various Latverian artifacts, and explains that it is most likely why he was attacked. Doom says that he can take them off his hands, but Mark declines and leaves. After he does, the ambassador enters with the censor squad in tow. Spectre Corps is being robbed by the Censor Squad, but Moon Knight appears and takes them out. Later, he is consulted by his Shadow Cabinet about the incident and about his next moves. Moon Knight then visits Reed Richards, convincing him to aid with some technology to enter the Latverian Embassy. Mark has one of his counselors, a girl named Xena who must have a glass eye, pose as a courier to sync Reed's new technology with Doom Systems. That night, Moon Knight enters the embassy using his tech, and despite still finding some safeguards, makes his way to Doom. He battles with Doom, fighting over a locket that belonged to Doom's mother. Doom halts his attack on Moon Knight when he notices that Mark has a physical condition that he could help him with in return for the locket. Mark ends up giving him the locket, but refuses his medical help. Back at home, he has second thoughts about his decision as he finds his flesh falling from his body. Alright, so that was the summary for issues 39 and 40. Which overall, I thought was a pretty good issue, or pretty good two-issue story. First, before I get into this, I'm just going to give a little bit of context for what Moon Knight is, I guess, because you know we're you know, almost 40 issues into this run. There's obviously going to be some stuff that happened beforehand. So at this point, uh, Mark has... Well, obviously he has, you know, his company, the Spectre Corps, he's had I mean, pretty much, I guess, throughout this whole run. But he has uh, the Shadow Cabinet that I mentioned in that summary. Uh, so the Shadow Cabinet was a little council of, like, informants that, and, like, they sort of talk to him through, like, holograms. So, like, they can't see him, but he can see them because he just talks to them, like, out of costume. Um, but I guess they know they're working for, I don't know if they're working for Moon Knight or not, not I'm not sure. But, um... He has a guy who uh, is like a real tech guy. He's a guy who is sort of like a psych guy. I guess I don't know if it's a guy who's like a weapons expert or something. So like I think that's kind of cool. Um, that was introduced uh, a couple issues beforehand, I think. Um, but I, I, I like that. And then he, uh, Moon Knight also has his own like before he talks to them, he has his own uh, like building called the Shadow Keep, and that's where he keeps all his his. Uh, like his equipment and his that's where he hangs because I because in the uh in the Blood Brothers arc that preceded this one uh, that was 35 through 38 I think uh the Grand Mansion gets destroyed 
by um, Randall Spector. And while we're doing that, I'll just go over some some references to other runs real quick since that's since I just bring it up. Um, right. So yes, yeah, so I just mentioned Randall Spector, who was uh, they mentioned in here. Randall was killed by the Punisher at the end of Blood Brothers. Spoiler alert. And uh, during that run, Randall also, I believe he killed Marlene. They don't flat out say that he killed her, but, um, basically Moon is just holding her body and just like, oh, you'll pay for this. Not nah, can't believe it happened again because I guess before Randall had killed Mark's girlfriend when they were younger, but, um, and then, uh, I'll save the other one sort of towards the end here. But some other points, um, you know, right at the start, uh, the story starts with Mark and Frenchie and they're doing some simulations. So Mark has like has his own danger room, I guess, whatever. I mean, I guess at this point, again, this was, you know, 92 or 93. Um, as I was talking about earlier, you know, X-Men is huge at this time. So I guess they're trying to emulate what's popular. So like, oh, okay, well, we'll just give him a sort of danger room. We can simulate. Um, some stuff because oh at this and the reason he's he's testing stuff is because uh, Moon Knight gets some new armor. He gets yeah it's adamantium armor. Though when you really look at it, it's kind of hard. Like it doesn't look too much different. He just has um, shoulder pads, of course, and uh, some bigger gauntlets and maybe some like knee pads. So I guess he sort of just get gave him like those nineties things, but it's not really. You probably wouldn't even really notice it that much if we, if you didn't if it didn't say on the cover. Can you look? At, can can Moon Knight's new armor save him from Doctor Doom? Um, but I like it. I think it looks cool. They also give him a uh, give him new gauntlets, and that's where he shoots his crescent darts out. Like that's pretty cool. I kind of like that. And figure it makes it easier. You can just, you know put your arm up and aim and shoot instead of having to dig it out and throw it. And hopefully you throw it the right trajectory. It's like up oh, to put your arm out and shoot. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I also like how Mark does have more resources at his disposal. Like I said, he has all the, he has the shadow cabinet, and he has all these new weapons. So he's kind of upgraded. They're very '90s of finding him at this point. Yeah, so I like conflict between Moon Knight and Doctor Doom. It's not really a match if you would think. And it's also cool because like I feel like their looks very parallel each other. Uh, if you look on the cover of uh, issue 40, it's Doctor Doom standing behind Moon Knight. Um, their look, they look very similar. You know, they both have like the hood and the cloak and sort of like the arm, like, you know, the armor. Like they kind of look just like an inverse of each other. One's white, one's green. Looks pretty cool. And of course, Doom is awesome. Everyone, I think, loves Doctor Doom. He's no doubt like the best villain in the Marvel Universe. One of the best. One of the best villains in the comics. So, of course, he has to go up against everybody. So, why not Moon Knight? As we get to some characterization stuff, um... Starting with Moon Knight, um, yeah, Moon Knight is much, you know, he's more ta tactical and tech savvy, like I said, upgrading his his armor, and uh, he has some other things too, like he has a remote control, I guess, transfer, I don't know if it's on his gauntlet, or like if he has, if he can just use a voice command like in his cowl, because um, there's a point where he's fighting two of the sensor squad, the super lame goons, I guess, in this, and, uh, He's going, or he's running as Mark Spector, but he needs the distraction, so he ducks behind a wall and has his car. And I guess he can communicate with his car, uh, like I said, either with his gauntlet or in his, in his head. And so that's pretty cool. I haven't really seen that. Well, not with a car, I guess more than the Mooncopter. Um, which is the Mooncopter at this point, it's now it's called the Angel Wing. It's 
it's uh, it's not that long. You know, the real like 30 foot wide uh, sleep copter. It's like a, I don't even know what it, <laughs> what it is. What it looks real. It looks more like a Quinjet, I guess. Um, and also, we do see him do some because towards the end of the story, he breaks into the Latvian uh, embassy and. We see him using his tech to sort of avoid the traps and try to, you know, duck between um, motion sensors and alarms and stuff. So that's pretty cool. We get to see him really do that kind of stuff. And, uh, and like, for, like, two or three pages, so you get to really see – you can really see the way he's trying to you – know, in detail how he's trying to do it. Whereas in other – maybe in, in earlier runs or other comics, you would see somebody breaking in. It's like, oh. I have to be very careful breaking in. I'm in. <laughs> so I kind of like how they show I'm actually working and trying to break in without being noticed. Um, yeah, Doom again, you know, big villain. He's as always, you know, he's calculating paranoid self. At the start, when he goes to he goes to Spectre Gore and he's talking, he's you know harassing the the employees and his secretary there. And you think, of course, oh yeah, doctors are there. It's not him. It's not a Doombot, though. It's just a hologram, so yeah, that's kind of weird. But, I mean, it makes perfect sense. He would never be there. It's like anywhere you go. Who knows? The entire the entire history of Doctor Doom, he could just still be in his castle and everything could just be Doombots and holograms. Who knows? And, of course, uh, I feel like this is a lot of ways that Doom comes into conflict with people. Like, I remember reading... Um, Amazing Spider-Man three four nine three fifty, and there's a similar plot where it's a a an artifact that has to do has to do with his mom, and that's why he gets involved with Spider-Man. This is a similar thing where um, Mark and Spectre Core, I guess, purchased land either near Latveria or, well, yeah, I guess it was like on the border of Latveria that I guess at one point had been under their control or something. And uh, so they bought it, bought the land, and got dug up these artifacts. And they have, and of course, Doom wants it. And but Mark even says, "Oh, we've had them appraised; they're worthless." And Mark is, or and Doom is like, "Oh, it, it's not about how much they're worth; it's about the sentiment of it." And, and of course, one of those belongs to his mother, because um, that's Doom's mother is like his kryptonite. Um, but but I like it. I mean, it's fine. I mean. <laughs> It does come out of nowhere. It's not like in, you know, earlier issues, like there's like a, a board meeting with Mark and some other people. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's some land near that area. We should buy it up. It's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we did this like a couple months ago. And and, and, and now Doom's here about it. But like I said, I think Doom is, is always, is like how he always is, you know, paranoid and always thinks that, you know, <laughs> he's great, but he also can't, doesn't you know, trust anybody. Uh, oh, and speaking of Doom's kryptonite, Reed Richards makes an appearance in this. Uh, I mean, he's literally in, more like a cameo, he's in two two panels, I think. Um, Moon Knight goes to him because he he's got, wants to break into the, break into the embassy after, well, of course, like, uh, in the first issue, he was at there because Doom invited him, I guess, to talk about, uh, about getting these artifacts. Well, well, he has the sensor squad come in and cause some ruckus. And I guess to make Mark think that he's being targeted by 
them because they have those artifacts, but it's like, come on, put two and two together. <laughs> you have these very artifacts. Those guys don't want you to have them. Meanwhile, me, the, you know, the, the, the dictator of Latveria, I'm cool with you having them. It's like, come on, put it together. And But then that's why Doom's like, oh, well, they might come back after you. I I can take them off your hands and protect them. It's like it's like so many red flags are, are going off right now. <laughs> um, though in a way, Doom could have just asked. I think he could have just asked them for it without having to call in the censor squad. And just be like, uh, "Hey, you know how I'm like, you know how I'm like the most like purest Latvian there is. You have artifacts of ours. They might not be worth anything, but they were worth much to our history. Can I please have them back? I'll give you a hundred million thousand dollars. And then you can just avoid that whole thing. Could avoid all this fight, everything. <laughs> but, um, anyways, so we're going to Reed Richards. So Moon Knight says he's going to break in to, to see what the fuck's going on with Doom and, and such. So yeah, he goes to Reed Richards because he took a, one of the sensor squad, I guess has like a, a fake eye in that can shoot a laser out of it. So when he stops them, from breaking into the safe at his uh, at his office, he you know takes it out and then he goes takes three Richards to see because no Richards can do anything, you know, fix anything, and I can help him break in. And um, <laughs> I absolutely love it because it says you see Reed he's working on a machine and he basically is saying um, or he's working on the thing that Moon Knight wants him to do, but he's saying like, "Oh yeah, I was in the I was in the midst of a very very delicate experiment, very important. I have to have all my concentration on. I cannot be interrupted." But then you said how you wanted to fuck with Doctor Doom. Oh, I can stop. Any, I can stop what I'm doing for that. I'll, that comes before anything else. You want to fuck with Doom? I'm there. I'll help you. <laughs> Because, you know, that that's one. <laughs> because Mr. Fantastic does that all the time. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I'm too busy. Oh, Dr. Doom, you say? Sure, I'll help you. I'll help you out. <laughs> uh, I, I just have to get a lot of that. Uh, and then he does make an appearance later on, but it's um, Moon Knight. I guess he's using some sort of hologram thingamajig. Yeah, yeah, because the technology is in that little eye thing. Because oh, he also sends one of the the girls that's on his uh, that's on his shadow cabinet. Uh, what's her name? Is Zena? I think she has another name, like her code name that she goes by. Um, she's sort of like the sort of like the Jake Lockley, like where she I think is like uh, them on the streets or something. Um, so that's sort of where he gets some street level information from. And she's missing an eye, so he gives her that eye that. He had Richards do some some techie shit with to get, I guess, like either put some disruptors in this defense security systems, or oh no, to find out the the weakness in his security systems, like which which uh, way is the easiest way to get in. And even he even says that the easiest way is still <laughs> completely life threatening, and he almost gets killed from it. <laughs> Uh, and then you know, at the end, when Mark goes in, you know, he can it confronts Doom. Oh yeah, he, oh he does. It. He uses the hologram, so he looks like Reed Richards because he knows that he knows that'll piss Doom off to know tomorrow. So Doom blasts him with a uh, with a energy blast. Whatever Doom can shoot out from his gauntlets, and of course it's a hologram. The Moon that's like, oh, I knew, you know, I, I knew you knew that was a hologram because you wouldn't risk frying because uh, the hologram shows. Uh, Mr. Fantastic holding that locket that 
doing one so bad, and then it's like, oh, I knew you wouldn't, I knew you wouldn't blast that because you wouldn't dare ruin the the locket because you know he, he, it's precious to him too much. Um, and then you know towards the end, and then we actually have the you know the Moon Knight Doom fight. They both get a couple shots in. Moon Knight shoots some crescent darts at him. Doom throws shoots some energy blasts at him. And uh, oh, there's, there's one shot in, in terms of art. One cool shot where Moon Knight is uh, sort of not crouched, yeah, sort of crouched down in front of Doom, like dodging like some flames and stuff. And Doom is above him, and there's flames all around. Like that's a pretty cool shot there. Wish there'd be a little more detail in the face and stuff, but uh, like Doom's face and stuff. But that's a pretty cool shot. Uh, and at the very end, it then looks like Doom is just gonna incinerate Moon Knight, and uh, because he. I guess he blasts some parts of the the armor off of him, and he can see underneath. And we get a hint of this at the start of the story when Moon Knight is training with Frenchie. Um, I think he gets hit or something. Oh, no, he doesn't get hit, but I guess he's, like, sort of taking his stuff off, and you can see that the Moon Knight's hand is sort of all kind of goopy. Like, it looks like, yeah, like his skin is, like, falling off or peeling away or something. And it looks kind of gross. And then here at the end of the story, as Doom is about to, you know, basically shoot the killing blow, um, he stops because he can see, I guess, through parts of Moon Knight's costume, and he can see that, you know, the flesh is falling off of him, and he has something wrong with him. So instead of, you know, fighting and whatever, Doom's like, oh, how about this? How about you give me that, and I'll help you, you know, because... I guess Doom's, you know, he sees something similar with that because that's the whole thing with Doom. Um, I'm sure he, everyone knows this, but Doom has the, the story with Doom is, you know, why does he wear the armor? Is it because, or why does he wear the mask? Because is he heavily scarred? Is that he does it because he's hide his shame? Uh, I think that was the original intent, and then later on it was, oh no, he, he originally put on the armor because he'd had a one little scar on his face, and because he has such a huge ego, he didn't want to, like that little, tiny little, you know, half-inch scar on his face felt like it made him ugly, so he went and put, you know, put the armor on, put the mask on, but the mask, when he went to put it on, wasn't cold enough after he was smelt done smelting it. And then when he put it on, that's what burned his face, and that's why he wears it all the time. So I guess uh, Doom sort of sees something similar, but I guess he knows, like, oh, well, that can't be how he always is. But I mean, at that point, how would he know anyway? Um, but he tries, yeah, so he tries to make a deal with to get the locket, and, and put them to help Moon Knight, and then Moon Knight's like, no, just just take the locket. What's the, the locket then? The locket then... Uh, it was his mother's locket, but has a picture of his father in it. But I don't know if he has... Yeah, he doesn't have the same affinity with his dad as, as his mom. Um, but I guess because it was hers, that's why he wants it. And then uh, you know, Moon Knight gives it to him, but says, No, I'm not going to let you help. And then, But it turns out he, wish, he wishes he would have let him help. Because at the very end, the last page of the story, he has all his armor off except for his boots and his little... Uh, <laughs> you consider like the underwear part of, of the armor, I guess. And yeah, his skin is just gooping off. It looks real gross. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> looks real gross at the and also at the same time, his face, not because of it gooping up, but just the art of him, his face, that way it looks 
awful. <laughs> he sort of looks like uh, like Cleus Cassidy, you know, Carnage, but even worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mark is basically he's dying. His body is sort of decaying. Now, the reason for this is because back in issues 32 and 33, he has a throwdown with the Hobgoblin. And the Hobgoblin, at that point, still had um, some... Because, uh, you know, how uh, Jason Massendale had become possessed by uh, one of the demons in the Inferno story. Um, and while he was fighting, while he was fighting them... I guess the hobgoblin with the you know the demonic form he gave him some sort of disease, and that's what is making Moon Knight act, act like this basically. And this is sort of where it starts, and then this is sort of a block that that runs up for a while because then after this story, you have the the Moon Knight issues tie into the inf- Infinity War, and he's sort of dealing with that the entire way too. And then also, and then this is the start of like uh, a Moon Knight and Reed Richards sort of team up to try and solve this problem. And then they eventually do. I forget which issue of it's like forty five, forty six. I don't remember, but this is sort of where it starts. So yeah, so that was a reference to other runs. Uh, at the start of the story, um, Mark shows up with uh, instead of Marlene, like I said, because Marlene was quote unquote possibly killed or whatever at that point um mark is with one of his employees donna craft they don't not, not, nothing much really happens with them he shows up with her and then shit happens and then she's not seen for the rest of the story so i don't know if anything goes on between the two of them afterwards i don't remember it's been a long time since i've read these yeah let's talk about the art i said we already talked about the new armor i said i do think it looks pretty cool and again it's very at the time and a lot of the art in these issues is very of the time, just the way how it's just, you know, very, you know, very heavy on like the shadows and like heavy inking, I guess. Even with like the, just the the layout of the pages, because you know at this point they sort of cut out the they stopped doing the like the pages. You know, the pages were white, and then you get panels, 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 and then in between it was white. Now they do it where either it's black between them or the panels themselves, like the whole page, is just panels, but there's no like borders in between them. Um, so as you can tell, we're we're getting into that into the that nineties nineties aesthetic that comics are known for. Well, I mean, I still think it's decent, and this is, I guess, this is. I don't know if this is was the penciler's name is Greg Quappas. I've never heard of him before this, and I don't know what if he's done anything else. So this might maybe his like his first like big gig. I, I don't know. Um, I think it's decent. I don't think it's great. Um, covers are great, though. I'll tell you. I think, yeah, that, that he did the covers, and both those covers are really good. Um, I could see either one of them being the cover when they eventually, and you know, they better get around to collecting this volume in Epic Collections. Um, I could see either of these covers being the cover for an Epic Collection. Like they're both really cool. Like the, the thirty-nine is the. Uh, it's sort of like the debut of that adamantium armor and Moon Knight's sitting there with his fists up in the caves, huge and billowing, and then behind it's the wall of Doctor Doom faces. That's pretty cool. And then the, the 41 I already mentioned with the Moon Knight and standing in front of Doctor Doom. Um, so really cool covers, but yeah, interior art, yeah, it's always uh, a little bit to be desired. Um, that could be just, you know, part of the, just the aesthetic of the time. 
Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I mentioned the cool shot of Doom. Um, yeah, and like Stephen, like the design of like the Sensor Squad again is very '90s. They all have like those weird, uh, those sort of like those weird headband things that everyone sort of, or like headgear things that everyone wore. You know, master shoulder pads, pouches out the ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there is one cool moment here. I was just see as I'm paging through it where uh, when the Sensor Squad is first attacking uh, the consulate, one of them throws a grenade and Doom goes and picks it up and sort of holds it against his chest with his hands and it just blows up and he just oh, and it just it does nothing to him. Like that's pretty cool. Uh, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing Superman do something like that in one of the animated movies. I think it was, I don't know if it was Flashpoint. I don't remember, but he picks up like a, a not a nuclear bomb, but a pretty big one, where he picks it up and flies into space and just holds it in his hands and just. <sighs> so that's a pretty cool seeing Doom do something like that, even though it's sort of all just a ploy, I guess, just to sell it that oh they're going after you, Spectre. But I think that's pretty much all I really have uh, overall. Like I said, a uh, a good small two part story, and it has Doom in it, of course. So anything with Doom is pretty cool. I'm just gonna go over my notes, show notes, make sure I didn't see anything. Oh, there's one other cool moment that I like. Um, after the whole incident with you know, the Sensor Squad when they attack, and then um, you know the, the Moon Knight chases back to Mark. He's going and he's talking with Doom, and Doom's like, "Oh, I can take those. I can take those artifacts." off your hands and, you know, protecting that way these guys will leave you alone. And then Mark is in there talking to him and he's like, oh, thanks, Doc. Thanks, Doc. But, yeah, no thanks. And he just walks off and then there's just one panel where Doom is just standing there in the shadows and you could, it just, there's no dialogue, but just, you can just tell what's going through his head and then he goes and talks to the portrait of his mom. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's just a really cool moment. So like, I, lo I love those quiet moments where you don't need to rely on dialogue. You can just get across just by, you know, the visuals. That's how, that's how I thought comedy should be, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, of course, dialogue and narration helps, but when you do get those moments that don't happen very often, it's cool to see. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this. Give a quick page through. Um, no, that's that's about it. So, with all that being said. I'll go on to my final rating, and yeah, like I said, overall it's a goodish, not 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 great, and I do think that uh, after this issue, I think this is uh, after issue forty, that's when the run really starts to decline, um, mainly both on the you know the writing and the art. <laughs> I think this is sort of like the last hurrah of the Mark Spector run, and then yeah. You know, sort of starts to go downhill after this. Uh, maybe the Infinity War issues are okay. But in regards to this issue, you know, we get to see, you know, cool moon, new Moon Knight armor. Get to see him go up against, you know, classic villain of Doctor Doom. Um, and then we have, you know, the plot thread of, oh, he, you know, he's dying and stuff like that. And, you know, that does play, it does start a thread that runs through the other issues. So I'll give this a rating about eh, 7 out of 10. Which turned out to be, uh, I guess, what, a lower waning gibbous? Yeah, I use the regular rating system. I, I don't use Connor Shoes' uh, other rating. I don't even know what to call it. <laughs>
the the solid round boys, Wall, the big yellow man, whatever those ratings are. <laughs> I was gonna go with a seven out of ten, a, a Wayne Gibbous. So that's my review of that. We do have uh, some feedback I posted in the an unofficial discussion post on um, there and got on the uh, in the uh, the end of the night. Facebook group. Um, so I'll just go through some of these here. All right. So our first one here from Tristan Remchuk. He says, I think they're solid issues. Short, sweet, to the point. And yeah, correct. Yeah, they're two solid issues. Uh, next we have Terrence Robinson who says, I've got both issues, but I've never touched them. I might try and find them digitally. Well, you're luck trying to find them digitally. He's very slim, so I would say dig them out of your collection and find them. Um, and yeah, give them a read. Yeah, I think, and really, you don't really have to read any of the other stuff between them. I mean, if you just want to read just a cool Moon Knight story, you know, where he fights Doctor Doom, go for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, just dig them out of your collection. All right. Next we have, oh, our, our good friend Phil Parrish who's done who's guests on here multiple times and has plenty of his own podcasts he says i enjoyed moon Knight's moon Knight trying to up his arsenal and doom's always a good time yeah like i said yeah i, I like how moon Knight sort of upgrades and stuff and yeah you know get, get the armor has some new tech so yeah i mean you know it's, it's the 90s you, you gotta you gotta change the deck you can't it's not the 80s anymore um and yeah, of course, you know, Doom. Who doesn't love Doom? Everyone loves Doom. I, I love Doom. Uh, next, we have Ethan Summerson, who says, Anytime anyone fights Doom, it's a solid story. And, yep. Much like the others. The others, oh, yeah. Doom, Doom is great. Um, yeah, Doom has fought everybody. Like, I'm trying to think who hasn't fought Doom at this point. I think everybody has, you know... Obviously, Fantastic Four. I'm sure the Avengers have, uh, but I'm sure the X Men have. Um, Iron Man went back in time with him <laughs> to the, the time of King Arthur. Uh, I'm sure Daredevil. I mean, I go and say everyone must have. Then I'm thinking, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. But yeah, uh, Spider Man has fought Doom multiple times. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Wonder what matchup hasn't been done yet with Doom. I mean, of like A plus like heroes, not like oh well, Darkhawk hasn't fought Doom. Of course, Darkhawk hasn't fought Doom. Uh, even Punisher has sort of fought him slash had a you know had a sleepover at Doom's place in the Axe of Vengeance and that horrible story. <laughs> um. But yeah, so yeah, anytime fight, Doom fights anyone, solid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next, we have Sean Mazur, who says, Marvel Unlimited does not have these issues, sad face. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It's the only issues of Mark Spector that are on like Marvel Unlimited Comicsology is the Acts of Vengeance one, because they're in the Acts of Vengeance, I guess, omnibus. I guess they're just waiting for the... Eventually, when it comes out, Epic Collections, I guess that's really the only time they put out on newer collections, or I should say newer old issues, uh, is when they release like the Epic Collections and stuff, um, 
which sucks. Yeah, they need to start doing some of this modern stuff. Like, I know they, they finished up the original run, uh, but they should start doing this one. I mean, it's, I don't know, I don't know why it, it's taken so long. Um, cause it would only take like three or four volumes to knock out the entire run cause it's 60 issues, but, and I'm sure in the future we'll get it. Um, up next, uh, oh, we have a little comment from, you know, our, the, the regular showrunner himself, Ray, he said, oh, huge thanks to Josh for stepping in to host the show, you're very welcome, and he notes that as Phil and Lilith noted, Conchu has punished me, inflicted with sickness, because he guessed it on a Batman podcast, <laughs> so he's saying that Conchu has punished him for talking about so, uh. Everyone, uh, send your well wishes to Ray. Hopefully, he gets, hopefully, he gets better soon, so he can jump back on and you know, you know, run his own show. <laughs> and uh, last comment we have here is from Dave Witham. He says the art was terrible, and Marvel seemed intent on turning Moon Knight into Michael Keaton's <laughs> with all his wonderful toys. Okay, I, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I do agree with the art is is less than less than standard. I think, um, like I said, they're I think they're really trying to, to 90s-ify it, but it sort of didn't go the way they really wanted it to. Um, uh, when you said that, you said, you said those blasphemous words, trying to turn Moon Knight into. Um, yeah, like I said, that that's sort of a conscience that a lot of people have. Uh, I don't. Agree. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with a guy upgrading his gadgets. I mean, if everyone was saying, "Oh, you're copying because you upgrade," it's like that everyone would be the exact same till the end of time. It's like just because one character does it doesn't mean another character can't do it. Um, but I see where you're coming from, and you know, of course, having like the they give him like the big company and stuff, but uh, whatever doesn't bother me at all. There's plenty of heroes who are who run their own companies and they're all all like named after their last names you ever notice that in like comics it's always like the last name of uh like the hero or the villain and then industries or tech or core or something like that it's like why <laughs> why can't like like why does that always have to be the last name i don't know it's, i just it's always just stuck out to me for some reason <laughs> uh and then there's just, there's just some responses to him um Peter Karuk has responded saying the art was Ron Garney. If I'm not mistaken, Ron Garney is amazing. The problem was Terry Cavanaugh. He was the writer at the time. He's the worst Moon Knight writer on Moon Knight besides Brian Michael Bendis. Um, yeah, Ron Garney, he did the art for the previous issues. Um, I know he did at least the Blood Brothers. I think he did... No, I think he, he did a lot, actually, after... Uh, after... I think issue 25, I think is when he started. I don't remember. Um, he was on it for a while. Uh, and then at this point, Ron Garney, he, he stopped. at the uh, Like, this arc was when he stopped. But he still assisted with the plot. Um, but, no, but yeah, Ron Garney does have some really amazing art. Um, uh, yeah, Terry Kavanaugh's the writing. Uh, his writing goes... Like I said, I thought these issues were okay. And he, he did the Blood Brother stuff and... Uh, I said, enjoy that, but then as it sort of went on, um, especially, especially towards this, uh, especially, especially like the last like 10 issues, the, the last 10 issues of this run are rough. Not just writing wise, because like they try to cram, like again, again, I, how many times I've said this, but it's, you know, it's the 90s. 
and like they were like, oh well, it's, you know, it's 1993, 1994. X Men is huge. We need to have you know mutant stuff, but we can't call them mutants because we don't want to have them everywhere. So we're gonna have these mutant like characters called the Hellbent, and they're basically mutants, and they get involved in like the last like ten issues. It, it's really weird, and the art it really sucks <laughs> from those last ones. Um, and yeah, uh, Terry Cavan, he did have a, have a rough reputation. A lot of a lot of his work is very mediocre. Um, but we did get some good Moon Knight stuff out of it, so there's at least some positive on it. Um, and that's all the feedback that I have. I didn't give that. There wasn't much time for you to leave feedback, so if you posted something afterwards, I apologize. Um, maybe we can just respond to it. Respond to your uh, comments just in, in the comments sections then. Um, but yeah, so that was, so thanks everybody for the comments. And that's going to bring the end of this review. Before we do all our outro stuff, uh, we'll just take a quick ad break and then we'll be right back. Hey there everyone, I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet. All right, Louis. This is going to be we're going to start winding down the show here. Um, thanks, uh, thanks for listening to the episode. And thanks for Ray for coming to me and asking if I wanted to come on host the show. Um, more than happy to any time. I uh, hope everyone you know, enjoyed the episode. I uh, hope you didn't turn off right away when you heard that it wasn't one of your normal hosts. <laughs> tried, uh, tried doing my best. Uh, this is the second episode of the show I've hosted, so hopefully I've been on here multiple times, so it should be good by now. Um, but yeah, and uh, if you want to listen to more of my dull voice, um, I do have my own short-lived, but could be returning shortly, podcast um, called Panels of War, uh, where I talk about war comics. Um, like I said, I I'm only have three episodes out at the time. Um, you can just go search for Panels of War on Podbean. That's the only thing I have it on. I only have three episodes up at the moment, but because of all this free time I have, I may you know start up again. Just you know, something to do. Um, plus, I've gotten some more books to talk about. So uh, so yeah. So if you're interested in hearing more from me, you can if you want to check that out, feel free. Uh, next phase. Next phase of the moon is a new moon, so that's a spotlight episode. So that's sort of where they just we just pick one sort of uh, moon night topic, not necessarily an issue, um, but we you know shine a spotlight on it. And the the next yeah the upcoming episode is going to be on the top five moon night artists, and it's going to be with guest host Phil Parrish, Anthony Sticko, and the power of Chad. Jernigan. So, uh, all previous 
you know, ITK guests. So they're going to be, oh, they're talking about their top five Moon Knight artists. So that'll be pretty fun. Got a lot of decent ones to pick from. Um, I don't know if Greg Quappus will make anybody's top five, but there's some great ones. That should be a pretty good episode. All right, so just some formalities here to end the show. Um, uh, yeah, consider you know supporting the the show on Patreon. Go to you know patreon.com at it slash itk moon night. Um, yeah, just jump on and you know no, this is the only Moon Knight podcast in the universe. So if you really like Moon Knight, you know show some support. Um, it starts as low as a dollar a month. Now I know Ray has mentioned that he has sort of suspended you know payments um, because you know the ongoing ongoing hard times at the moment. But even I see I don't know if you can sign up now and then you know you still get the you know some of the benefits and then once it starts up then you, then you can start paying, but even more when it ends, you know, sign up. Yeah, I mean, it still starts as low as a dollar. You get access to stuff early. You can watch the, you can watch it as it records, or you can, you can get the access to the unfiltered uh, version with all the, uh, with all the bad words in it and all the, you know, the, 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 the topless video. <laughs> you can get access to all that. Um, but yeah, so you know, check out a few shekels if you can to help out the page. Uh, the, oh, the podcast is also sponsored by Hello Headphones. Um, you can use the code ITK Moon Knight to get ten percent uh, off any purchase from their online store. So yeah, if you want a, a new set of headphones, I should look into it because I go through headphones like crazy. Um, I go through at least like one pair every month or so. <laughs> so. So, uh, check out some Hello Headphones. Uh, you can also, also an affiliate member of Amazon and Entertainment Earth. So, there's links in the description you can use. Um, so, when you purchase something through there, uh, a little bit of it somehow goes into uh, the ITK pocket. So, uh, so, if you're still buying stuff, so even though, you know, the Patreon funds have been suspended for right now. Um, if you're still buying something on Amazon, if they're still shipping stuff out, <laughs> um, use that link and, you know, that, that'll help a little bit. Um, as always, the ITK is part of the Collective, which is a network of similar, like, podcasts. Um, very Marvel-centric, uh, some shows like Sons of the Dragon for Iron Fist, uh, Inner Demons, which is the Ghost Rider, uh, Ghost Rider show, the Capes and Lunatics, and their 15 spinoff, <laughs> spinoff shows, uh, all that stuff there, so you can find, uh, find very like-minded podcasts if you want, if you want, uh, more of that. To get in contact with, uh, I don't want to say us, but I'll just say us just for context. Um, you can email at itkmoonnight at gmail.com. Go on the Facebook page or join the Facebook group. Of course, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, you can find the show on all sorts of podcast caches. So whatever one you're listening to. Just keep on that one, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, oh, also, 
go onto iTunes and leave a five-star review. Not based on this episode. Don't reference this episode in your review. <laughs> this one doesn't count. This one has an asterisk next to it. Um, but leave a five-star review. It helps. It helps the helps the show get uh, recognized by more people. So that, that'll really help. And with that, we're going to close out this episode. Uh, thanks again for listening, and thanks again, Ray, for letting me come on here and host. And with that said, may country watch over the denizens of the night. See you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories, and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.